feel like a teacher grading papers right now. Man, we got so much. There's so much content on this. It's so weird. Yeah. You want me to scoot a little closer to you? I know you, you feel like a little alone and, and yeah. depressed over there. Yeah, that's okay, though, because apparently we have angels that we are my... leave room for angels to get in between us. It's true. It's true. <laughs> that's what they say. Leave room for Jesus. So are you going to... You gonna take us into this? I think we. I think I will. You know, I don't want to go right into it always. I like to kind of warm up a little bit. Kind of warm them up. Kind of, you know what I mean? Wake up! I'm going to war because I got the Lord. Stomp on the serpent! I messed up my force. Um, demons, they see me. It's mission abort. Hell, Anakin. Um, take it with force. So like and I can take it with force. Hell and I can, but like Anakin with the force. Yeah. Whoop, so whoop. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we are talking about angels today. <laughs> yeah, so today we're we you wanted to talk about angels. It was uh, heavy on your heart. Um, I didn't call the shot on this one. So can you kind of explain why do you, what brought you to feel like you want to, you want to cover this, this topic? Uh, you, that sounds like, like you didn't want to talk about angels at all today. No, I'm all, I'm all for angels. It's you just, are, huh? yeah, I had to like, it's always been, I remember preaching on it once because we were talking about it in a, in a youth, a youth series. It was angels and demons. And it actually made me like really do my research because we talk about it but it's like okay i'm teaching all these these kids and i'm like you know i'm like what 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 is the deal with demons and angels and powers and principalities because they're kind of it's kind of vague in scripture at least i thought before yeah you know i think um most of our society gets their understanding and description of angels from movies and uh uh, television maybe some books or Uh, myths or folklore, fantasy. And so I think a lot of people have an idea. They say 80% of Americans believe in angels, and but very few of them really understand what they are, Mm -hmm. how they operate, what their purpose is and their mission is in our life. And it's pretty incredible (coughs) Uh, when you study angels, uh, just having an understanding and... uh, a, a a belief system about angels uh, goes a long way in helping us uh, really in some of the struggles we have in life. Um, one of the reasons I wanted to talk about angels, though, today was because we did a series, small group series called Life mm-hmm. Hacks, and we talked about the spirit world, and we threw angels in with demons and spiritual warfare and all of that, and I probably got more comments back uh, from people saying, I wish you had done, you know, broken it up. That was their favorite life hack. They would have loved to have heard more on each of those items. And and so I think the church really needs to have a better understanding of, of angels, hmm. their importance. And I mean, there are many, many angels. Like, what's their operation and how are they engaged in our life? How do we coexist with angels uh, in the world we're living in? Hmm. I've heard it said like, um, 
well, this is this is a story. I, I was gonna go somewhere else, but then I just remembered when I was filming Carlos Valle's testimony, who attends here at the Farmington campus. Um, that's what I love what I get to do because I get to hear like how God works in other people's lives and these stories. And I just remember like, uh, tripping out when I was hearing his, because he, um, was a former drug Lord and met this guy in a coffee shop that I get, I think had owed him money or something. I don't, I don't really remember exactly, but the important part was that basically the guy, uh, asked him to come like to step outside Carlos followed him. He um, pulled out a gun. Carlos went to, to reach to, to hit him and missed and then ended up getting, I think he said he got pistol whipped, hit the ground uh, and shot. And then the guy came to, to finish him off. And uh, then someone started screaming. He just remembers someone started screaming bloody murder. Um, and these, these two guys that had jumped him just fled. Uh, but they could, they were, they were there for the finisher and then they just fled from some random dude that was screaming at him. And then this, this dude comes up to him, picks him up and said, everything's going to be okay. And then everything went black for him. And, uh, he said like, I don't know who that was, what that was, but no one ever came forward from that. He's like, I truly do believe that that was an angel because there's, that, that's the only thing that made sense. No one knew where it came from. The ambulance didn't know. The people around had no, there's no witnesses that attested to that, but it saved his life. Yeah, you know, I think um, most of us have heard stories about how angels have, inter- we, we've entertained angels or people have entertained angels or uh, angels have saved their life or stepped into their life. You know, uh, it, like I said earlier, I think most of our understanding was shaped by Hollywood, yeah. and, you know, touched by an angel or it's a wonderful life. You know, angels are just trying to get their wings. Mm-hmm. And then we hear stories like that mm-hmm. where an angel comes in and, and, and uh, something happens. There, there was a, a story, I, two stories I heard about angels. And most of what we know about angels, most when, whenever we hear something about angels, it's personal stories. Yeah. It's never really the theology of angels or yeah. the operation. It's, you know, yeah. this is what an angel did and he stepped in. And I think uh, there are two that, that as a kid growing up were really impactful in my life. One was uh, there was a surgeon who was in his home getting ready to go to bed and a young girl came and knocked on the door of his house and he opened it and the girl goes, my mom is going to die. Will you come and help? And he didn't do house calls. He didn't go out and do any of that. But this girl was so passionate and about her mom dying that he went with this young girl uh, to uh, her mother and he was able to save her life. And later in the hospital room after uh, they were able to talk, he said, your daughter came and really saved your life. And she's like, that couldn't be. And he's like, no, it, it was for sure. And she goes, my daughter died two months ago. And the, the doctor went into their home and found the dress she was wearing and the, and the ribbon she had in her hair in the bedroom of their daughter. Wow. And so you're, you're, you're really like, well, and what's amazing about this, the, the second story was with John Payton. He was a missionary in an island country of some kind, and they were in their home. A tribe was coming to kill them, and uh, they just sat outside chanting, and they had their weapons, and they're clanging their weapons, but they were never able to come in, and eventually they left. 
And they were freaking out because they were worried about mm-hmm. being killed. They were in their last moments of time. And uh, later, the chief of that tribe that was trying to kill them comes to Christ, was converted to Christ. And he asked the missionary, John Payton, he goes, who were those soldiers that you had posted around your house? They were enormous men with incredible weapons. And they didn't see it, but God had opened the eyes of the enemy to see the, wow. the, the armies, angels' armies uh, that God had placed around them, which really draws you to this question, and it's, it's something we'll address today. Why is it that angels are often activated in some situations, but yeah, not in every yeah, situation? That's true. Because you hear that and you think, well, is there favoritism going on? Why is it that that those angels are working in some and, and not in all mm-hmm. uh, situations that we run into? And uh, there's there's a you know there's a lot out there about demons. There isn't a whole lot out there about angels. Uh, no. People spend a lot of time talking about the demonic angels that fell, that failed, but they they don't often understand or study the activity of heavenly angels. And I'm not saying we should worship angels or yeah. obsess on angels. Uh, our pursuit should always be Christ. But we do need to have a better understanding of of the armed forces of heaven, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and understanding that God has a military mm-hmm. that works in the unseen world. And I do think when you said, um, and I'm, I don't know this. This is just like um, <coughs> me reminded of. Because uh, there is a hierarchy, just like there is in God's army. Mm-hmm. Say, there's an opposition uh, that fight against angels that are doing God's work, like mm-hmm. Michael the archangel right. that was stopped by the prince of Persia. Um, uh, what was that demon called? Like the uh, that was over that region. I think it was the prince of Persia. Per- you can look prince it up in Persia Daniel. Is who the Michael was fighting. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's what had kept him. He said that I was stopped. I was held up because of that. So when you talk about well, why does he operate in certain areas? And you also think about uh, Jesus when he's here on earth, uh, where he was perfect. His sin is in in uh, uh, being separate from the will of God. That people like to obsess over certain sins, but sin is ultimately um, just uh, you're missing the mark mm-hmm. that you're not. He Jesus was fully submission submitted to the Father's will to the point where he was on the cross. And there's some some things he uh, he could he could do, but didn't do. Be- he was he was doing it as as the Father directed him. Like he wasn't making burgers with like the power that he had, or like right. you know what I mean. Um, so I <laughs> exactly. So you want like you wonder why why Wouldn't does that be something if you could see a cow and think I want a ribeye? I did that on the when I was running that thirty that virtual one you make me uh, fun of so I had to run another one to prove you wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so I ran thirty oh, miles. Thirty miles is thirty miles is thirty miles whether it's with a group or not. We had to we had to, for you guys are watching. I had to run it virtually because of COVID, and I told him I ran. I ran it 30 miles virtually, virtually, and he was thinking that I was like, you know, on the VR on system, the Wii, like the yeah, on the Wii or doing something. The, doing it where you're sitting in your living room just doing this. 
<laughs> I have a shake weight. And <laughs> I swore I ran 30 miles. That's what it said on my, my sim character. Yeah, so he gives me a hard time. It's the I'm the online campus pastor though, so it's like it's all virtual for me. I don't really live in I don't really live in reality. <laughs> but I remember when I was running, I was thinking like, man, like you, I, I was so hungry that, man, the cows that were living were looking good. And I'm like, man, if I could have had that power, point at him, eat a burger on the way. So but Jesus, he didn't do that. No, no. So he, he submitted to the, the father's will. And uh, you, you look in Job and these other things where righteous men suffered trials. And you ask yourself why. And, and when Job asks, uh, I spoke about this a couple weeks ago, Job asks, like God, why? And then so God responds. This is what I like about God. God is, I like, man, it's like, it's like being a proud younger brother or like a proud son. Like my dad can beat up your dad. Some of these things when God responds is just like, it gives me goosebumps. He responds to Job and he goes, <laughs> one of the things he says, it's so cool. Such a dope statement. He goes, prepare yourself like a man. That's what God, God says. Mm-hmm. Prepare yourself like a man. And then he goes down the list of who put the stars in the sky, who uh, who, who created this, this beast in the ocean, which is uh, a Leviathan. If you want to look that up on the Internet, you'll just see how crazy these this creature God was talking about, Le- Leviathan. Uh, he was talking about. Uh, the the biology of animals. He he goes down the list and and w- how science and nature and why things happen the way they do. Or can Job comprehend it? And obviously, God didn't like God knew that Job couldn't answer it, but he never answered Job's question. But he 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 answered his question with a question, and Job kind of got put in his place. And uh, uh, but then. God also defends Job by by coming at his friends who were accusing Job that uh, because all these bad things were happening to him, that, bro, you got to repent because, man, you're bald. Um, you are uh, afflicted with boils. You are your kids are dead. Um, there is just you're 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 broke now. You used to be Elon Musk and you got no money. And so you got to repent because that's just how it works. It's karma. God is punishing you. And he was a righteous man, though. And God was like, whoa. And he went and judged his friends and had Job pray on their behalf. And they had to come and offer a sacrifice for them to, you know, be cleansed from that. Like they, that was the sin, them judging Job and not comforting him and accusing God of afflicting this upon him when it was actually the enemy's work. So God's will is like, I, I think that's where we get in trouble, where we think that, you know. (laughs) <laughs> you try stepping on the the throne and making those making those shots. So why doesn't why don't angels well, so just come I and save the and day? And understanding what an angel is and yeah. the purpose of an angel, which we'll talk about more. Um, I you know, but I can say really point out now is we don't command angels. Exactly, he commands yep. angels. Billy Graham said they were. They're really kind of God's secret agents mm-hmm. is what, what he called them. Uh, the army that really is doing the will of God on earth. And there's a, you know, there's a whole lot written about fallen angels, but there's not a lot written about the angels. And I don't, I'm not certain why that is because there are over 300 passages in the Bible that talk yep. specific re- references that talk about the operation of angels. Really, you know, and this is incredible, Alex. There's almost more references to angels in the New Testament than there are in the Old. Hmm. So this isn't 
this isn't an old belief. There's 100 in the old and 200 in the new. Yeah, and, and it really refers that it almost increased. Mm-hmm. You know, after Christ, there is almost more of an understanding or an openness to angels than before. And I think in the New Testament church, and w- which we are, mm-hmm. that we have to be more aware of it. There's one verse that I think most people know. It's in Psalms 91, and you hear it at funerals and and other events, but it really is, I think, a theme for what we're talking about today. And it's Psalms 91, 11, 13. I'm going to read this uh, for you. And it says, for he will command, he being God, God will command the angels concerning you hmm. to guard you in all your ways. That's that's an incredible <laughs> that's crazy. promise of God. God's a promise-keeping God. He's never broken a promise And he says, I'm going to command the angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift up your hands. Uh, They will lift lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Hmm. And so the angels really are more of an intimate force that operate with us in our life. I mean... They coexist with us in the unseen world. And I, I, I really believe uh, in order to fully uh, comprehend the active presence of angels, you have to first believe there is an unseen world, a spiritual world, a, a world that we can't see with our physical eyes. And you don't wake up in the morning <laughs> thinking about the unseen world. Most no. of us don't wake up in the morning planning our day with with the comprehension that there's an unseen world around us and the circumstances that we're in are often the effect of the unseen world. Like we don't see the correlation between the spiritual realm and my day-to-day life, the the rubber meets the road life that I have. We don't see the correlation because Sunday morning is the spiritual realm, but my Monday morning is a physical realm. And and so we say, you know, that's why when people say um, they're of of soul, he- they're so heavenly minded, they're of no earthly good. Is 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 the biggest lie Satan's going to tell you? You cannot be of any earthly good until you comprehend the need to be heavenly minded. The moment we recognize we do not battle with flesh and blood, but the spiritual realm, that that I'm not battling my boss or my spouse or my kids, I'm not in a battle, that there is a battle in an unseen world that's having a direct impact in the life that I'm living. And if we don't recognize that, we will know about angels, we will, we will admit and believe they exist, but we won't really comprehend why they're so important in our day-to-day life. Um, when you say like there's like an, un- you don't wake up and think of an unseen world. Um, I'm thinking how embarrassing would that be? Um, you know, like living our whole life and not recognizing that, you know, we got witnesses to attest the way that we lived when we were here. And I just was reminded when I was at my grandma's place in uh, Michigan when I was a kid and there's people, there's people, uh, tanning like around the pool. And so there was this, they, they were, they were tanning like on a, um, on a laid out, uh, what do you call it? Chairs and around the pool. And this guy that I, 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 
I went up to, had his glasses on. He was, uh, he was passed out looking up, but he couldn't see me, but I could see him. And so I was like dancing in front of him and being weird and looking at him and like making faces. And my brother and sister were like laughing. And, uh, and then, and then I see his face and he just starts like, he's like smiling. And I'm like, I'm like, oh no. And I, I, I looked up and I realized right across from me, uh, was a mirror. So he could, he was watching everything I was doing and it's just, just like laughing. I would, I was so embarrassed. I'm just thinking like, you know, we're living this life and don't realize that it's a two way mirror and we're not aware that, you know, like it's like w- there's witnesses that are seeing the way we live and how embarrassed would we be if, you know, we had this mundane life and we put out a show to everybody else and it looks like we're spiritual, but in reality, we know that we're dancing. We're looking like a fool. Well, in the unseen world, in the kingdom of God, it, it is, it's often very difficult for people to, if it's out of sight, it's out of mind. And yeah. that's how a lot of us live. Yeah, true. If it's out of sight, we don't really see it. You know, um, what, what I'd like to do is, is um, kind of take us back and show some examples of the operation of angels, and maybe we can interact on, on some of this, uh, Alex. But mm-hmm. one of the great stories of the Old Testament that I love about angels, I, I, and it really identifies the, the, some of the, the experiences that I shared early on, this really kind of in the Bible, it happened as well. You know, Elijah yeah. is sit, sitting oh, I love this story. in his house and the Syrian army has come and surrounded them, wants to kill them because of what Elijah had prophesied and it come true. And the king is just fed up. So he sends the eye to a, just end Elijah <laughs> and everyone connected to him. And Elijah is in his house and his servant goes out and sees this army and he is freaking out. He's freaking out. And Elijah's as calm as could be. Just not afraid at all. So and the cool. servant is upset. Like, well, what? don't you know what's going to happen? These are our last moments. We're going to die. Don't you understand what's going to take place? And he's just going back and forth in a frenzy. And then Elijah, I'm sure annoyed with his servant, says, God, will you just open his eyes? And the servant's eyes are open. And what he sees is... No longer the Syrian army, he sees the angels' armies wow. that God had put around them. Hmm. God, this is what's in, incredible to me. We worry about the fallen angels, but it was only one third mm-hmm. of the angels. Two thirds of the angels are still serving in the purpose of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, we outnumber the angels two to one. Uh, the, 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 the angels that serve Father outnumber the angels two to one. And here are the angel armies, and immediately peace comes. Mm-hmm. When you realize that God had given command to those angels, commanded those angels to go and to protect them. There's a story that I, would just, I was just reminded of, like a parallel mm-hmm. between that where Jesus, what happened when he was, he was on the boat and he was crossing the... the um, the 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 Sea of Galilee, Sea of Galilee, right? Yeah, I remember my geography. So he's crossing, and there's this incredible storm that that takes place, and homeboy's sleeping, and he's like, almost like I just see him like being annoyed. It's like these guys are freaking out. He's like, don't they know that I'm like they're with the Son of God? Like, what what do you think's gonna like happen? He goes up, be still. It's still, and 
and these guys are tripping out. And I'm and, and the the thing is when I was doing my research. Um, and I was looking at this passage. I was actually looking that the passage of the man that was uh, demon possessed and he was roaming through the, um, uh, what do you call it? The, like the, the, the caves and, and where the tombs were and he was roaming around that story. I was reading over and over and over and over and I was trying to, you know, see different, make different observations that I had missed. And so I was like, you know, I'm going to read it kind of in its full like context. And so I, I went back to the previous story and that's what was right before. And then I didn't put together that when he was on the, when he was on the, when he was on the way to, to that man, that there was this storm that happened before and scholars would say, this is just, you know, it doesn't necessarily talk about that, but, uh, it might've not just been a physical storm that had just happened, that it might've been something that was spiritual that was trying to prevent Jesus from making his way over there. Um, that there was an opposition. And so I read that and I'm like, I didn't even open up that type of can of, can of worms, but that well, was so I mean, interesting, see, I thought. There are a number of people, and, and this will be hard for many people to really understand. I mean, you look at Revelation, and we'll talk about this in the characteristics of angels, but in Revelation, they're speaking to the sun to move. They're releasing wind. Mm-hmm. The angels are powerful beings. Yeah that have power over nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think... Do you think fallen angels do too? Um, I, I do believe... If, In a sense. If, if the, the angels of heaven had power to do that kind of thing, then the fallen angels would have been created with the same power to do evil. Hmm. And that is also why there's a battle going on uh, in the heavenlies, because they're both powerful beings. However, uh, you know, Satan was defeated. Yeah. Because the angels are serving the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and mm-hmm. it's His power that completely ends that. So we're not afraid of fallen oh, no. angels. Yeah, but we recognize, just like fallen angels can impact people people who are not under the blood of Jesus, not covered, they can have an impact in the lives of people. We are covered by the blood of Jesus. I think most of us got to we got to understand yeah. that yeah. that the blood trumps mm-hmm. the demons and fallen angels that Say work that again. against us. And, and we walk in faith, and the angels of the Lord really work so that we wouldn't do that, the promise of that in Psalms 91. The, the next story is Jacob, and he's on the run from his brother, who he's sure he's going to kill him, and he's running from his family. Really, he's headed toward his, his mom's family because she had kind of led him there, but really not knowing what to expect. What is his life going to be? He's got this blessing, which is an unseen thing. Is it really what what they believe it is? And he comes to a place called Luz. And uh, I don't know that you could ever find anything in a city, but Luz, but there is. It's a portal into heaven. And he goes to sleep and he sees angels ascending and <laughs> descending, doing the work of heaven on earth. And it really opens up that this understanding. So that the angels, one of their operations is doing, executing the work of God, hmm. heaven's work on earth, and uh, delivering to earth God's desire on earth. And I believe that uh, when we pray, we just call on say the that. Lord, yep. we, we, we really are ordering mm-hmm. what and asking God to do something, and God FedExes through his angels 
or UPS is it, or a, 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 you know, <laughs> Angels Parcel Service, but they're delivering yeah. that will to earth. And so I think they, they serve a real purpose of delivering that as well. Yeah, I, I was literally just going to say that because I'm like, that's, that's, such the cool, that's such a cool thing because, you know, as humans before, I think that's what the, part of the, what the power that, uh, that Jesus gave where, he's, where he said, I, I saw Satan fall like lightning and he's dancing mm-hmm. and rejoicing because he had now established that authority and, uh, and his followers and his disciples where they were able to have that same authority that angels did, that there is a different, there's a type of power that Jesus gave to us and that authority that angels have, that he gave us his spirit, the same thing what he did when he called out um, uh, demons and he told nature to shut up. And when he, uh, you know, he did all these miracles, he had power over nature, uh, over uh, angels and demons. And and then Jesus goes, all right, I'm going to take this. I'm going to put it on you. And so when we pray the father's will, that it's crazy that that is something that we play a part in. We're doing the will of the Father. We're commissioned. Yeah, I think, um, you know, we are, there's no doubt we're different than angels. For sure. That, that we are the bride of Christ mm-hmm. and they are not. Yep. That, that's, a, that's a major difference. And, um, and we were created to be the bride of the Son mm-hmm. and children. But think for a moment, if... Angels, and let's just this, that's that's make an assumption that I don't that we from looking at scriptures that angel can control even weather and boy wouldn't I love to do this say God <laughs> uh, let the snow never come send Amen. your angels to stop the snow you Amen. know and I'll always have beautiful days I I don't think I, I think there's a you know there's a reason we have all of the seasons and and all of that stuff yeah. that God works you know that's perfect mm-hmm. He created it perfect. Um, but, but in you know, I hear I remember a story when Reinhard Bonnke was preaching in South Africa, and uh, he had a tent that sat a million people <laughs> in it. Now think of the size of that tent; what it had wow. to be for a million people. He had speakers that would blast one mile. <laughs> I don't know that that's a speaker I'd want to be sitting in front of, but yeah, it would no. go one mile. And you see the videos of the crowds that he would preach; they were like fields of wheat. It's just massive. And a storm was coming, and it was a violent wind in the storm, and it was coming off the ocean. It was going to cross the bottom part of Africa. And he went out. He had prayed, and they were preparing, and, and they, they, didn't, they were wondering if they were even going to be able to have the crusade. He went out and commanded the storm to split, <laughs> and the storm split and went around uh, that that yeah, whole so venue cool. never never touched the tent. Um, it's an incredible story, and and you know, it's uh, angels are a lot like the staff of God. Yeah, they're, true. They're yeah, just in Jacob, it. like they're doing the work. God is the mm. the one who commanded it. But if angels have that kind of power, like we see in Revelation, it would have been the angels that would have been doing those that work on earth. He had to, um, and Job, this is another thing I was going to pastor Zach and I'm like, some things that stick out. I'm like, bro, like 
Is it, this is something that I guess I didn't really notice, but in Job, there's two times where it says the angels, one day they, the angels came and presented themselves before God. And then it says Satan came, came with, with them. them yes. And then the second day the angels present, like this was a normal thing. And then Satan came with them and he's talking about what Satan was doing on earth. Satan had to give an account what he was doing on earth. It didn't say what the angels were doing, but in my head, it sounds like this is like they're like a direct report type meeting where they had to step before the king and there's another time where there's the judgment of King Ahab and it's like it's been a little bit since I read about it but it's always fresh in my mind because I thought it was so weird and it kind of freaked me out (laughs) and uh, it was where these spirits uh, that came there came before God and it was they were to direct judgment on King Ahab and different spirits were presenting the type of judgment that it would take place. And then one came forward. God said, let it be done. And it went forward. And, you know, then there was the judgment that King Ahab faced. Um, so it, what, what do you, what would you say about that? What is the, what is the daily like life of like angels? Is it in that scripture where when well, Job, they present themselves, yeah, what does it yeah, look like? Yeah, you know, and, and I read that, you know, it's it one, uh, and I would have to look into it more, but could it have been the fallen angels that had to come to the Lord and stand and Satan just happened to come with them? Mm, we know there's interesting. great order. Yeah. We know there's great order in the the kingdom of God. God works within order, mm-hmm. and Satan brings chaos, mm-hmm. and he's trying to bring chaos to what God's God has put in order. Because order uh, cause operation to occur. When there's order, there's going to be success in operating in, mm-hmm. in anything we create. Or is made if there's order, it works. If your car is out of order, it's not working correctly. True. Um, so and 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 Satan, I think, came to accuse you know Job. That's why he was there. But um, you know the daily operation. I think we you could see what the enemy is trying to do, and then you can, and you can almost counteract that with what you know when you look at their operation with demons and angels. They're doing the opposing thing. Because it's a battle. Yeah. And so the enemy is opposing what the angels are hmm. doing. So there are different ranks, positions of angels. The two that we know of are Michael and Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael being the warring angel and 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 uh, Gabriel being the word angel. Lucifer was the worshiping angel. Um, and we'll, you know... Those that's how heaven was broken down. But even within then you had within those ranks you had the cherubim and the seraphim yeah. you, that are constantly sh- uh, 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 proclaiming the name of the Lord. Uh, you know, in I- Isaiah chapter six it says they sing, "Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was, who uh, is, and who is going to be." Uh, and and so th- there are different places for those angels as well. And when there's a statement that I was reading, um, and when God decided to create, he thought it wise to create hierarchies of beings from the least significant inanimate stone to the worm, to the whale, the whale that ate Jonah, the worm that ate the, the little tree that was over Jonah, yeah. the, the stones that says the rocks will cry out to the human and multiple ranks of angels because some are called archangels. Uh, uh, it's a descriptive word to, to speak mm-hmm. to authority. So God created not just angels, but ranks of angels. And when they become demonic by rebellion, there are ranks of principalities and powers in the hordes 
of the devil. Like how interesting that there's levels that God has, uh, he created an abundance of doers of his will at multiple levels and animate objects. Uh, he commands the sea, it obeys him. Animals do his will. He commands a whale to swallow Jonah. Humans do his will and angels do his will. It's interesting when God could just snap his fingers and let it be done, but he includes others and, and, and then gives free will. Um, and enact as well. Well, I, I mean, when you're when you're God and you're sitting on the throne, it he created angels for a reason. Yeah, maybe we can comprehend it, maybe we can't, but they are definitely doing the work. He said, yep. when you read Revelation, all that takes place is God doing it through His angels. Yep. He's giving them charge to do those things. And his word, they obey his word. And so they're doing what he commands mm-hmm. in it. But so so let me go to these other two. Lot is in Sodom and Gomorrah. And two angels come when they're getting ready to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And the angels rescue Lot and his family Interesting. from Sodom and Gomorrah. But they were operating on the behalf of... Abraham, Abraham had pleaded with the Lord, yeah. and the Lord sent his angels to rescue Lot and his family. And so for those praying mothers, um, you know, we don't pray to angels asking angels to no. do it. We pray to God, and when God makes the decision, he's the one that gives command to angels. I, I, I think when you hear people trying to command angels to do things, you're that that is not within your your authority. We don't command angels. God does. We we interact with our Father, and He sends His staff out to take care of it. The second one, or the last one, is Daniel. What well, was pause on the? Yeah, this is an interesting thing that uh, there's. I, I read about this, and it, there's the different types of angels, and and there's some passages where it refers to the angel of the Lord. And, and that angel that came to Abraham refers to himself as God mm-hmm. in the first person that, 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 uh, the two angels that came, uh, the one that called to Abraham, it w- was that some say it might've been Jesus that this is just making it interesting for well the angel of the Lord. It's likely it was, mm-hmm. but the other two angels would not have been Jesus. No. Yeah. So. So the two angels that would have went to Sodom and Gomorrah to destroy, it would not have been the angel of the Lord. There were two angels that actually went mm-hmm. and rescued Lot and his family, and then the two that would destroy it. Yeah, because wasn't one one was saying, um, Jesus, "Why are you laughing?" I mean, like the angel. Yeah, the angel of the Lord was the one that came and brought the promise. I, I, mm-hmm. I know that yeah. there are many who would say that that would be Christ. I probably agree with that. I mm-hmm. believe Christ was from the beginning mm-hmm. operating. Um, I just know they, they refer to, I was, I was actually listening to the Bible project. You can look that up too, where it talks about like what we're talking about right now. One, you can, you can look up in the Bible project, there's spiritual beings and the different types of angels. And then there's also, um, there's a, if you look up angel of the Lord, uh, in the Bible project, it talks about that, that there's this reference to the angel of the Lord. That's different from uh, angels and like, you know, yeah. archangels and, you know, the right. army of God that there is. Um, and this, this is still confusing to me. I just was wondering like what your thoughts were on that. So it's not like I'm saying it cause I know or anything. I'm just, I'm, I'm curious yeah. cause I always thought that interesting. <laughs> well, anyway, so the Lord, I, I would agree that it would probably be Christ. I believe Christ yeah. was the tree of life in the garden of Eden. I believe yeah. that 
there was an interaction with nature. Because the heavenlies interact with the natural different than we interact with the supernatural. Mm -hmm. They see all things. Mm -hmm. When they look at earth, they don't see the separation of the spiritual from the physical Mm -hmm. like we do. Because we look at heaven and we see the physical naturally, we, we see, oh, I saw the spirit realm. To them, it's all the same. Mm-hmm. When Adam and Eve were in the, in the garden, when they died, their spirit man died, they lost the ability to see the superimposed spirit realm and the physical realm. And, and when Christ came and died on the cross, he said, I want your eyes to see and your ears to hear so that you might perceive and your heart would be healed. <laughs> I'm delivering your eyes to see and your ears to hear so that you can see that. And so heaven looks at the physical. They don't separate spirit from physical like we do. Yeah. Um, they wouldn't make the statement that you, you're so heavenly minded, you have no earthly good. They wouldn't make that statement because they don't see the difference, hmm. that, that this is part of that reality. That's why Jesus came and he said, the kingdom of God is near. It's like right here. Yeah. It's, it's right here. You got to see it. Hmm. Open your eyes to see. He that has ears, let them hear. Hmm. He that has eyes, let them see hmm. what's all around you. And that's what he was trying to get the disciples to see was the spirit realm really all around them yeah. and how it was operating. That's how John and, 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 uh, Peter and John, uh, why does that not sound right? Peter and Peter and John, I think it was, that said, silver and gold have I none, but what I have, I, I give you. Like, there's a spirit realm here. So I'm operating in a different currency, a currency of authority, because there's a spirit realm that I'm working in right now. And the angels are literally part of that. They're hmm. imposed in that, like Daniel. So Daniel starts fasting and praying, and then 21 days later, an angel comes to him. Angel Michael, the archangel, comes yeah. to him and says, I was really sent from the first time you started praying. But I've been doing battle with the Prince of Persia, and here is the message God has. I'm going to release it on earth, but there's a battle that's taking place. Hmm. And and I, I think if you don't have an understanding of the angels and and their responsibility to, to do what God is commanding them to do, to understand that there's a battle for that to get to you. And, and they're battling to bring the answer to you. And we think, well, why hasn't God answered the prayer? Well, keep praying. Yeah. Because there's a battle that you're fighting with the spiritual forces of heaven. And we need to continue to pray. It's uh, so crazy. It. The the angels, we talked about this earlier, the ones that, uh, what that means for you as a believer, we talk about, you know, because we, we're, we are the bride of Christ, that there is a certain type of protection that comes. We talked about guards standing around. It's like crazy that these huge beings like care for us. Angels call to attention the worth of every believer. Uh, in Matthew 18, 10, uh, Jesus says, see that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven, they're angels who always see the face of my father who is in heaven. Now, what, what the heck was Jesus talking about when he said little ones, uh, like what, what I was reading was it refers to believers, Christians, uh, like childlike, uh, but real Christians who are easily despised and made fun of by this world. And I think he is saying this about every Christian, even the simplest, uh, lowliest believer has an entourage of Titans, angels, colossal, glorious beings. This, they're not, uh, chubby babies with wings, uh, 
who stand in the most privileged position in the universe before the face of God, always ready to do God's bidding at any time on behalf of those despised little Christians. So be careful to not despise any simple, unimpressive follower of Jesus. Heavenly Titans are in God's service on their behalf in the very place of privilege before his face. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah. You know, it goes it goes with that whole thing on guardian angels. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, you think you think about the the fact that there is supernatural beings mm-hmm. that are working on your behalf. Yeah. And I mean, really, even the despised, they're despised on earth, but really, every human being um, needs supernatural help. Mm-hmm. And the, but the Bible, so there's been some debate on this, and I think and scripturally there is no debate. Mm-hmm. Uh, many believe that everyone has a guardian angel, yeah, even the unbelievers. Mm-hmm. But the scripture says only the believers mm-hmm. have guardian angels or angels that are charged over them. Yeah, that if you're not a believer, if you're not covered in the blood. The angels are not coming to your rescue, hmm. and there's 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 biblical reference to the fact that it is the redeemed that God commissions angels toward. Yeah. Now, uh, are there times when angels work to protect people from death? I think so, because God can see the future from the past, and I think there are people that are going to make an impact in the kingdom, and God literally in his sovereign will, says, I need that person to work this out, and he rescues them. Because he does that to Cornelius, right? right. The angel concerning him. He, he, But it was to reveal the gospel to him. But but you know what's incredible, too? We all need the ministry of angels. Yeah. You know, Jesus, when he was being tempted by the, the devil, uh, he goes out in the wilderness, he's tempted by the devil, and it says that after he was tempted... Uh, at any point, he could have called the angels come yeah. to come, yeah. have his father send the angels. Same with the cross. At any point, yeah. he could have had the angels come and take him off the cross. Mm-hmm. What kept him on that cross wasn't the nails, and it wasn't the Roman soldiers, and it wasn't the pain he was in. What kept him on that cross was love. Yeah. Because he could have commanded or asked God to command the angels it to come and done. take him yeah. off that cross. And he, but, but what's interesting was when he was done, it says that the angels came and ministered to mm-hmm. Jesus. That's outstanding to me. Mm-hmm. He's the son of God. He's perfect. He has all of, you know, he, he has authority given to him by his, his father. He, he, he's a perfect man mm-hmm. and he needed to be ministered to. I think there are times where God commands angels to come and minister to us when we don't even realize it. And, and, uh, and I think there are times where, um, you know, uh, <laughs> where we want something and we don't understand what it is and God, and we we sometimes resist um the angels God want God wants to bring into our life mm-hmm. um but you know th- so there are some characteristics of the angels I want to go through quickly and I'm, I want to go through them pretty quickly here yeah. uh there's quite a few of them actually but the first one is they were created beings. Uh, they're not gods, should not be worshipped, but that that God created them even before the creation of the world. Two, they're spirits. They, they're not 
physical human bodies. Although they can appear in human bodies, they operate on scene. They they can take different forms and can appear as humans, but they're ministering spirits. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's so important that a lot of what angels do that we don't see is there's a ministry. They're ministering spirits. They're personal beings. Three, they have a soul. They can think, they can feel, they can choose. Um, I think a lot of people disagreed on that. They just have to do whatever God tells them to do. <coughs> I think angels choose, um, not the fallen ones. They chose to not follow God, but I think that the angels choose to obey God. They consider it part of what they want to do. And four, they're innumerable. It says in the Bible that they're tens of thousands times tens of thousands, and then thousands and thousands upon thousands. There's a bazillion angels uh, that are working, doing what God is calling. Five, they're glorious beings. You know, this is incredible to me. John sees an angel and he bows to the angel mm. because he's so incredibly uh, incredible. I, I, I don't think we really realize that if you were to see the spirit of an angel, the actual angel, like those that tribe, they're such impressive uh, beings. They're beautiful, but they were enough that the the disciple John bowed to worship it. And he said, get up, you're going to get us both in trouble. You know, you don't worship, worship uh, angels, John, you only worship God. I know, but you're incredible. You know, you're, hmm. you, you can almost just see that. And uh, he was both in trouble. <laughs> right. You know, what's funny is, is, is whenever the angels come, people often are afraid because the angels almost immediately say, fear not, mm -hmm. <laughs> fear not. So there's something so incredible about them that, they're, you know, we think of them as the little babies with wings, you know, chubby babies with wings with a little bow and arrow and we have them on by. And that, that couldn't be furthest from the two. There are not chubby baby uh, uh, bow and arrow angels. These are impressive angels doing the work of God. And if you're doing the work of God, it, it only goes to say that they're going to be impressive. Yeah. Uh, if you've been in the glory of God, the they're glory warriors. of God in and of itself is going to just rest upon those, those angels. They don't marry. Number six, they don't marry. Matthew 22, 30 says, tells us that when we get to heaven, they're sexless. They don't have a sex. They, they do not, they're not given in marriage. They're not married. Um, seven, they are very organized. There is order to their ranks. In fact, we know that heaven was split into the, the third were worshipers, a third word, and a third were warring angels and, and, and really doing the work within those categories of heaven and, uh, and recognizing Lucifer was the worshiper that fell. Uh, Gabriel was the word uh, archangel and Michael was the warring archangel. And number eight, they were powerful uh, beings, extraordinary. Like you said, they were warriors. They fought um, hard uh, to accomplish what they were doing. And number nine, they were functional beings. Mm. They were functional. They, they had jobs. They had responsibilities. One, to worship God. That was their first response. Second, to execute the desire of God, the will of God, um, to, do, to do God's work. And third, working on the behalf of believers, ministering to believers, helping them mm -hmm. when they get themselves into a position uh, that may be tight. Those, those were things God was acting, that angel, God created angels to do. That's who they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there is a lot. A lot we cover. This is actually probably my favorite one. 
I'm not going to lie. I went into this thinking like, man, I think Pastor James is going to carry the team on this one because like I'm doing research and stuff, but man, this is, this seems very abstract, but we really got through a lot. There's a lot of stories mixed with, uh, information. I hope you guys got something out of this because this got me more excited. And I think, and to be honest, just encouraged because you like sit back and you think about what you believe. You're like, Oh yeah. The, the biggest part for me was when we talked about the coloss, like colossal beings, like when the, the missionary that the guy stood around his, his house, that like is so cool. Like I'm, I'm trying to usher in that type of well, faith. I think, I think, so you say, okay, this is great. We talked a lot about what angels are mm-hmm. and we talked about what they've done in the Bible. We, yeah. We talked about stories of how they interact in our life. There is one verse I want us to, yeah. I want to give you. It's in Hebrews 13. It says this, 13 two, do not forget to show hospitality to strangers for by doing so, so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. And uh, I think, you know, angels interact with us. And there are times when we, we don't know someone or we, we beca- we've kind of, uh, and especially in Minnesota, you, you know, in the winter, you drive into your garage, shut the door, and you interact with nobody on the... It, 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 at times, the enemy wants us to not operate in hospitality, and, and we need to because there are people that look like normal people to us, but they're, they're actually angels uh, operating on behalf of God to, to minister to you. And, uh, and so I want to encourage you, uh, just as it says, and if you look at the first part of Hebrews, it says this, it says, do not forget. It, it really is a command. Listen, do not forget to show hospitality because your answer to some of those prayers are going to come through angels. And you have probably entertained angels and didn't even know you were entertaining angels, even to this day. You didn't know that you were entertained. You just thought it was some person. And, uh, you know, I have an interaction with physical angels that I've seen, and I know that there have been spiritual moments where angels literally shifted things in my surroundings to protect me from what the enemy was trying to do. And uh, and so I think we need to just really thank the Lord, first of all, for his protection. Uh, you don't need to thank the angels for his protection. Careful in fact, now. that's why they disappear often right away. Mm. It's, it's so that you're not, you're not thanking angels, really, because they're operating under the command of God that we really need to just say, God, thank you that you created uh, armed forces that work on my behalf, on your behalf, uh, to, to fulfill your love for me in my life. Yeah, if you think about it, we, if, we, if we have trouble worshiping pastors, um, it's a good thing that those, those things disappear because we make some yeah. weird religion on that. Yeah, uh, and we already have. I mean, yeah. you think of the necklaces we create for saints. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, I didn't want and to go into people, that area, but Pastor James just don't we, care. We, we definitely, <laughs> we create these things where we worship saints, men, yeah. mere men. And uh, so we're people that, uh, that often find ourselves 
worshiping things. I mean, we worship idols. Yeah. And um, the human race has worshiped idols. It's worshiped men. It, it, we were created to worship. And we really have to work hard to keep our, our worship focused on God. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Um, during this, I was writing down some of that um, that stuff when you were talking because I was like, I'm going to... I'm going to you know, do a little bit more research on that later. Yeah, I, I really hope that this, um, as you guys are listening to this, um, that this would be a conversation that you you take home to your family and or your friends. Like, have some of this biblical curiosity. Like, if you have a question, don't be a lazy Christian. Like, the some of the fun, it's like, uh, it's like I don't know if you guys have, like, word puzzles or whatever. Um, but people literally download Wordle on their phone because there's like a puzzle or, or these different like candy crush games and on your phone, because it's, it's, there's something enjoyable about trying to figure out or crack the code, uh, with God's word. It's a living word, but there's, there's a lot of hidden treasures in it. So don't, you know, one stop shop and, and worship your pastors and think that we have some knowledge. We just do research and we, we love God's word and we dig into it and you can do the same, have these conversations, uh, rest, have, have someone, do you have someone in your life that you can have these deep conversations with where iron sharpens iron? Uh, this is just a look into something that me and pastor James, when we, like when we've gone on those small group campaign trips that we'll just, we'll just talk about these, these thoughts. It's not, it's not for a podcast. It's uh, hopefully ushering in um, this type of curiosity with the word, like dig into it. It's, it's so amazing that, that how great our God is, how many things that we could write uh, about it would fill up the sky over and over again. So we hope this blessed you. Um, on the Bible project, if you want to look up uh, some resources, if you look up Angel of the Lord, there's also spiritual beings on the Bible project. If you go to YouTube and it has an animated series that that really breaks down and goes in depth so you guys can get more of a handle on it. Uh, but we love you guys. If you have any questions, email me at Pastor Alex at Bethelsrock.org or honestly, just leave a comment and uh, we would love to discuss Uh, that and put it in a bank to talk about for future episodes. Uh, We love you guys and pray this blessed you this week.